Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome in to another episode of the 104 Sports Report, Season 6, Episode 11? No, 12? 12. (laughs) As you can tell, it's one of those days, but you got a very... Is it 11? It is 11. You put up twos. You got me going. My bad. What do you do? He, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's 11. And then Alex gives me two peace signs. And I'm like, it's, oh, I'm wrong. It's 12. <laughs> nope. Blame him for that one. That's not on me. Um, but we got a very good episode for you. It's the same as always. Spring sports, some baseball, some softball, some lacrosse teams, most of them playing pretty well. So it's. A really good time to be a Lakers sports fan in the spring. Well, it is. Yeah. Uh, something that I don't think we were totally expecting after the way baseball started their season. But before we get into any of our analysis or any other topics we may cover, Alex, how you doing? I'm um, I'm doing good, Brian. Didn't mean to trip you up there. I meant to say <laughs> I meant to do eleven like one two of my fingers, <laughs> and I forgot that this was two for a second. So my bad. It is a, episode eleven of season six. But yeah, I'm doing good. Um, season or. Er, excuse me, semester is coming down to the wire here for both Oswego Athletics and us. Um, You know, we're just going in and we're going to be seniors in a little bit, Brian. It's going to be one last year. We were just freshmen. No, actually. We were literally just freshmen here at Oswego. But yeah, it's been, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good um, week for Oswego Athletics for some, some teams really good. Some Team's not so good, but we'll get into that in a little bit. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, same thing. Semester's kind of winding down here uh, and just kind of enjoying the last couple weeks here on campus um, and mentally preparing myself for finals week because that's always a fun time. Always. Um, but it's we're, we're in a good spot. Yeah. Um, and as we transition from how we're doing... We'll get into how the teams are doing with, as always, the start of these episodes have been the Laker Rundown. Alex. Let's go. All right, men's lacrosse. We'll start off on Laker turf with the men's lacrosse team. They won 10-6 against New Paltz. Corey O'Connor, five goals. Aiden Kenyon, 15 saves. They were doing what they needed to do, but then... Uh, on Wednesday, they lost 13 to five against Alfred. Not a good, um, not a good uh, game from them, as nobody really played well for Oswego. But we'll go to women's lacrosse now. They defeated Plattsburgh 17 to six, and then they defeated Buffalo State 16 to 10. And Cela Wiley, she has just been going off for this women's lacrosse yes, team as she's yes. done all season and pretty much all her career now. Women's lacrosse team is now on a four-game winning streak. We'll go over to the softball and baseball. We'll start off with softball. They are 1-5 in their last six games, 1-6 in the Suniac. It's not really looking good for this softball team. No one's really playing that well besides, you know, Fiona Higgins. She has 30 Ks over uh, three starts. Uh, She's been doing well, but really hasn't been doing much for the softball team. But then we go to baseball. They're looking promising. 
They were looking promising at the start, but now they're at a three-game losing streak, losing against uh, two out of three against St. John Fisher, and then this past Tuesday against Alfred. Yeah, that is your Laker unknown. Um, we're going to just jump right into it, I think. Yeah, Men's lacrosse. It. You started with them. In the rundown, we'll start with them here. Six and three, still undefeated in the Suniac. A whopping four and oh. And their, their run of wins continued last weekend against New Paltz, where they were in New Paltz with a 10 to six victory. And as you mentioned, Corey O'Connor, first star of the game, five goals. Half the team's goals came off the stick of Corey O'Connor. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just a really good showing out for this men's lacrosse team. I mean, you, as you mentioned, Corey O'Connor with those five goals, half of the Oswego's goals as they won 10-6. to six. Um, Jason Dogwood had two goals. Max Broadman, uh, Gavin Elston, and Liam Sexton all had one. And, you know, just looking at this uh, scoring summary right now, it's kind of they were scoring runs in um, bunches. So there was four straight uh, goals from the first into the second for Oswego after three goals were put up against Newt Paltz. Newt Paltz actually took the lead in the first, and then Oswego just went off. And then it was just basically Oswego from the rest of the time with only Newt Paltz getting three um, in and um, Oswego getting four to just beat out 10-6. And, you know, not really uh, – more penalties – um, this game, uh, there was about seven penalties. Not yeah. you don't really you don't really see much penalties no. with this men's lacrosse team. So a little bit more chippy. You know that's that's a uh, that's a Suniac opponent. You know you don't that that's that's an opponent that you don't really want to uh, you don't really like. So we're just looking at some team st- statistics now. Oswego owning the shot category. Um, New Paltz. They saved more, but it didn't really matter. And then turnovers were even, even 16-16. And I mean, clears. New Paltz had a better had a better clear, 29-29. But you know, it really wasn't um, going for New Paltz because Oswego getting those ground balls, really making um, the opportunities count. Yeah, I, this it, it was a really well-rounded game for the for the Lakers. Um, it was steady scoring without you mentioned them scoring like in bunches. It was a couple goals for them in a row before New Paltz and same kind of happened. But it, as far as uh, quarter by quarter, it was it was steady throughout the entire game. Three in the first, three in the second, two in the third, two in the fourth, uh, which is really good to see that the offense never like never really faded through the game. Yeah, no. Uh, so that's always a good sign. Uh, and then obviously you went through the team stats. One I think I which is really important. That I'm seeing was is the ground balls yeah. 37 to 25 getting to those loose balls getting to the ones that are the kind of 50 50 chances out there right really good and face-offs they won 15 to 5 getting this getting the ball off a face-off to start off a goal crucial way to win a game and that's definitely helped them so really good game from this men's lacrosse team uh Corey o'connor now tied for the team lead in goals, 16 from him, 16 from Max Broadman, O'Connor, and Gavin Elston, the team leaders in points. Is Elston a goal behind at 15, but has one extra assist at eight. Uh, so we're kind of seeing as the season kind of continues on here, O'Connor, Broadman, Elston kind of separating themselves 
from the pack a little bit uh, as far as these team leaders, the guys that really are the guys are the players that go for goal the most. Yeah. Um, then you get Liam Sexton kind of falling behind. He was up there with them earlier this season. Uh, 17 points still for him, only five behind Broadman's 22. And then Jack Delaney and Trey Jones and Jason Donglevic, the rest, the other three guys that are really kind of making impacts on a game-to-game basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a, But as a team, again, it's this team doesn't have that one-star player, which I think is working really, really well for them, working... And it's working to um, head coach um, Coach Daly. Daly, yes, thank you. Yep. Coach Daly's system that having these multiple guys that can score and do it. Because I know, like, uh, Elston is a midi. Like that means he's he's running the field the entire game, up and down, up and down, and he's still putting goals in the back of the net. So it's just uh, uh, the system is working really well for these players too. Yeah, and and it's we're just seeing from Oswego over to other opponents, you, you look at the stats and the goals, I mean, opponents are scoring more than them, but they're ended up winning the games. I mean, you, we're just looking at assists. Assists are 10 points more for the opponents, but, you know, there's not – it's looking a little bit more for um, the opponents than Oswego, but Oswego, 4-0 in the, 4-0 in the conference, 6-3 and overall. So – you look at those. You look at those scoring stats, and it doesn't really match up to what um, this Oswego team is. And you know, you, you can't always look at the stats like we've seen before with the box scores and the scoring uh, um, comparisons. That it doesn't yeah. really matter if one team is owning every category. If you're getting the ball back in the uh, those uh, balls back in the net, I mean, that's that's all you can ask for. And just pretty much owning, um, you know, the ground balls as you mentioned, getting getting those 50-50 shots to put yourself in a position to score. So, you know, it, it, for this men's lacrosse team, they did lose against Alfred University this past uh, Wednesday. Um, and, yeah, it just wasn't – really wasn't a good um, first, second, or even third yeah. period. I mean, they scored uh, – Alfred, excuse me, scored eight goals unanswered. To start yeah. off the game. I mean, you can't come back from that. I mean... No, you're never going Especially good. going into the third uh, quarter. I mean, nothing really going. And Oswego just... It looked like they came out really flat. Yeah, I mean, they tried their best from the eight-goal deficit. Four straight for them. Broadman, Elston, Trey Jones, and Broadman again. Um, but Alfred went on another run. Uh, but I'm not taking a lot of stock in this game. It's really weird... Uh, late season, a non-conference game, and to on top of that, it's in the middle of the week. Yeah. Like, uh, if this game was on a Saturday and like they had to, had the entire week to rest, right. um, I'd, I'd take a little more stock into this. It'd be like, oh, that's a little worrying. But it's a middle-of-the-week Wednesday game. It's non-conference, and, which at this point in the season, it's like, why is that even here? It, does, yeah, exactly. it really doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a really random game. Um, uh, so, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not putting a lot of stock into this loss. I mean, it isn't, yeah, you don't want to see a loss, but yeah. it is it is what it is. And also, something to look at is that um, Oswego, the men's lacrosse team, hasn't played on a Wednesday in about a month since yeah. March 22nd against Utica. So, since March 25th, they've just been playing Saturday after Saturday after Saturday. 
so that can get your routine a little bit more. You're working on a short week and you're going away. You're going all the way to Alfred University, which I don't really know uh, geographically where uh, that is in terms Let's of Oswego, but here. I'm sure it's not as close as we may think. It's in Alfred, New York, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah, I would hope. <laughs> um, but as Brian will bring up the geographic and how far Oswego is from Alfred University, Oswego is going to go against SUNY Geneseo this Saturday for senior night uh, at 1 p.m., and you can catch all that coverage on WTOP10 and WNYL. Um, the Laker Radio Network. Yeah. Alfred's a Alfred's a drive. Yeah. So how how far is Alfred? Um, let's see. As Google Maps slowly does its magic, uh, it's about two hours and forty minutes away. Okay. It's south of Rochester. That's a drive for yeah, a midweek so game. So it's uh yeah that, that's a that's a really big uh big drive a big hill to climb for Os- Oswego to just have that middle of the week. I mean yeah. The the only thing I think that this that game really does is it interrupts, as you mentioned, this upcoming Geneseo game. It puts them essentially on a short week getting ready for Geneseo, who is the other team in the conference who's undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. Both these teams sitting at 4-0, and um, and it just makes it a lot harder. It makes this, makes this game that much harder for them because they don't have the entire week to prepare like they did before. Yeah. Let... At, like they had for all these other Suniac games um, since essentially the Plattsburgh game. You, men- you mentioned they hadn't played on a Wednesday since Utica. That was a short week going into Brockport. And then the Plattsburgh game, week break. Oneonta game, week break. Newport's game was a week break. You get the entire week to watch film, practice, get your plays set. Yep. And now you're on a short week. You're on about a three-day rest getting ready for Geneseo. Uh, it just makes it that much harder. Luckily, it's a home game. It's senior night, which means hopefully the, the be a little more fired up. Be a little um, bit more fresh, yeah. A little more, yeah, a little more fresh, a little more fired up. More emotion in the game should help, but it's it does it is tough. It's going to be a tough yep. one versus yep. probably the best team in the conference. Right. Um. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll move over from the men's side to the women's side, as the women's lacrosse team they defeated Plattsburgh. Excuse me. This past Saturday. Um. Here at. Laker turf, as that 17 was to six. seventeen to six. As that was their senior night, so they are going to play all on the road. So that um, until a possible playoff berth that they may be hosting, if everything goes right here these last three games. So we'll start off with the seventeen to six game against Plattsburgh. I mean. Plattsburgh, they're a one and five conference team, five and seven overall. Yep. I mean, Cela Wiley, she just did her thing. Five goals. Isabella Lembo, four. Madison Davis, three. Julia Quirk. I mean, we we mentioned uh, in the beginning. I mean, that top four, top five with Shay McConnell. I mean, they know how to score and they know how to score in a hurry. Yeah, and not only did Cela Wiley get four, five goals, she had five assists. Yeah. She was just like, yeah, it's my senior day. So it's my day. I'm yep. going to do whatever I want. I'll right. put five goals in the back of the net. I'll help my teammates put another five in the back of the net. She contributed on over half the team's goals. Um, that's a great day. But it's also, but like, if I don't sound surprised, it's because it's Sheila Wiley, and we just yeah. see this from her time after time after time. 
Uh, she is ridiculously good at this game. Yeah. I, I'm very, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm very surprised she still actually plays for Oswego. It also becomes more of an expectation. It's not just right. a, it's not a surprise. It's more of an expectation now. That she puts, for, to, she has a, at least five points in a game. At least five points and maybe even like four to five goals game. Yeah. Um, it's, let's see, um. That actually was her career high in points in a game. All right. Yeah. So that's a milestone for her right there. She just yep. she. Uh, but still, we're not surprised. <laughs> but no, yeah, we're still just not surprised because it's Celia Wiley. Uh, it wasn't even her like highest goal output in the game. It tied her highest from yep. against SUNY Kent, which was a five goal. It's also actually the second time this season she's put up ten points. So she tied her career high. Grove City, she put up a ten point ten point game. Yep. So. Oh, and SUNY Potsdam. Yeah, that was her two goal eight assist. Yep. I'm just reading, looking at through her game by game stats. Um, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is, it is, you say, it's an expectation that she leads this team, that she puts two to three goals in the back of the net, and to add to it, she puts a couple more assists, adds a, couple, a few assists, excuse me, to that. She is just that good. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, so the Plattsburgh win was good. And then you add to it a midweek game. They got to go all the way to Buffalo. They, they have to go all the way to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So just like the men's team, they have a midweek trip far. That's a, that's a far trip, two to three, uh, close to three hours there to Buffalo State. Yep. Um, and it didn't matter. 16-10 victory. And today, was that game was the Julia Quirk show. It was. It definitely was. Julia, as I was just going to say that, it was the Julia Quirk show. And I mean, Celia Wiley, she was just like, all right, I'll, I'll score two goals. I'll get two points. You know, let, let my team see what happens. And I mean, man, Julia Quirk, she had six goals, one assist. She had seven points on the game for uh, this Oswego women's lacrosse team. And it's, it's surprising there wasn't a lot of people with a lot of assists. So there was a lot of... Probably free uh, position shots. A lot, a lot of free position shots, um, I'm guessing, for this Oswego women's lacrosse team. As, yeah, as we're seeing it, there's a lot of unassisted on, on this uh, on this scoring summary. Julia Quirk, unassisted. Cela Wiley, unassisted. Madison Davis, unassisted. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, can't really get much better than that as, uh, as we... Uh, I, I'm looking in this scoring summary real quick uh, for Buffalo State. It has scored by Vanessa Willick, assisted by Sage Running Rabbit. Oh, my God, Sage Running Rabbit. That's a name I know. She plays for the women's hockey team. Really? Yes, sir. That is an interesting name. That's a fun name. Sage, yeah, but, yes, Sage Running Rabbit does play for the women's hockey team. That's oh, actually wow. two games in a row they played. Um, play teams like that because the, the goalie, actually, interesting fact, for the Plattsburgh team was Lila Nice. Who was their oh. starting goalkeeper for the women for their women's hockey team? Which means she is a phenomenal women's hockey goalie. Because wow, we saw her twice, and she was just disgusting as a hockey goalie. And wow. comes back uh, on the turf, not as good of a game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's two games in a row they've seen foreign players. And of course, you know. Lexi Levy is on our yep. women's lacrosse team, so I wonder if she's going over talking to them like, "Hey, I remember you." Wow, I mean, like, uh, that's a that's an interesting name. I didn't even know that. I mean, 
Man. Yeah, Sage Running Rabbit. Sage Running Rabbit. What a name. If, if, if Sage Running Rabbit or anybody that knows her is listening to this, I, I apologize for not really knowing that name. It, it was just, it just caught me by surprise. So, you know, that, if, if they're listening, got a cool name. Got a really yeah, cool name. No. Sage Running Rabbit. Come on now. That is a that is an elite name. That is a very fun name. <laughs> but she, I she should go protest for that because every, she should. That'd be some great jersey sales. That would be great but, jersey uh, sales. Yeah, I digress. Um, <laughs> after that little tangent there, but yeah, Julia Quirk show. Not really much you can say about that game. Oswego against uh, Buffalo State, mm-hmm. just doing doing what they need to do, um, and then they face off against Oneana. Uh, at 3 p.m., we'll see what really happens with this. Uh, yeah, yeah, with this uh, Swigo yeah. women's lacrosse team, they have to win. I believe it's two out of three. To or clinch one home. Of, yeah, to clinch home. Maybe okay. one out of three. Um, I would say just <laughs> you want to sweep it. But, oh, I mean, yeah. Cortland's going to be. All, and they're all on the road. Too, right, Cortland's going to be tough. Cortland's going to be the tough, be tough one. Sony, uh, so is Oni. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're good, so uh, it's going to be tough. But quickly before we slide on to teams on the diamond, Julia Quirk, it was a, it was a career day for her. Seven points career, was a career high. Uh, season highs in shots, shots on goal, goals, uh, those are all season highs for her. And I'm just going to assume career high high in goals. Yep. Uh, tied at career high in goals. So, excellent day for her. Uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but we'll switch over to the diamond. But before we do that, check out the 104 Sports for. Oh, wait, sorry. That's us. Wrong ad oh. read. Oh, shoot. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the Ostrogonian is independent student run newspaper of SUNY Oswego. Every Friday during the semester, the writers and staff release a weekly edition of the paper. Each edition contains the latest news, sports, reviews, and opinions from the writers of the Ostrogonian. Check out each story online on the Oswegonian website. Now, to the diamond for some Oswego softball, which it has not been nearly as bright and cheery for them. A little bit of a doozy. A little bit of a doozy for the softball team. Uh, They are now 7-19-1 this season, 2-6 in the SUNYAC. And, again, they played six games since last we talked, and they, again, went 1-5 in those games. Two and one in three in Suniac games. Um, it's just it's been rough. It's yep. it isn't. It's yeah. It's it's really rough out there. Um, Fiona Higgins is trying to do as much as she can. Uh, she is continually been spectacular yep. in these games. In the the one win they got, the five one win over Oneonta in the first game of that doubleheader, she, she was on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um, in the one nothing loss to New Paltz, she again pitched the entire game, only gave up one run. The bats just didn't come out th- that game. Yep. Um, so she's doing as much as she can. Right. But it's it's rough for the softball team. Oh, I mean, they are almost at twenty losses, <laughs> seven nineteen and one, and they, two and yeah, six in conference. There. I mean, they're on a five game losing streak. <clears throat> Obviously, that doesn't help you. Um, but the one thing I'm just looking at is that, you know, that big losing streak to start off the season, 
that's not going to help you out. I no. mean, not being able to take any one of those games, two, three, four, like taking a major chunk of those games to kind of just help you out. I know they're not not uh, they're not in conference, but it doesn't really help your motivation if you're just no. losing all of these games. And then once they got to in conference, it was going a little bit. Like a little up and down, but it's been more down than it is up as they lost, you know, against New Paltz. You mentioned one nothing and then nine nothing in five innings. I mean, it, you know, can't even take one on your home home field. Uh, can't even get a run on your home field. Not really looking good. And then faced against Clarkson, uh, very close game for uh, the Wednesday, April nineteenth, the uh, first game, and then just. Getting blown out ten to one in five innings. I mean, yeah, it's uh, they got uh, they got Geneseo, they got Brockport, Buffalo State for so they got all the you know it's all Suniac from the um for the time being for the rest of the season. But yeah, it's it's kind of just go out there and play with some pride for yeah. this uh, softball team. Yeah, that's really as much as you can do. It's. This season's kind of a, a kind of a bust at this point. I mean, there are a lot of games left, um, but they they're not. There's two teams below them: the Sydney Fredonia, Fredonia and Brockport. I believe six teams make it. So three, four, five. Geneseo is that team. They've only got two more wins than us. We go. So I mean, there's time to sneak into that playoff, um, but it's it's going to be a lot of work. Fiona Higgins is going to have to continue to do what she's doing. Um, which is gonna be it's, it's gonna get hard. You get tired over the season. Your arm get yeah. your arm gets tired over the length of the season. All the time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, she's pitched three times since last Friday, and she's gonna and, and odds are she's gonna do it again. She'll probably pitch the first game of the doubleheader against Geneseo. She'll probably pitch the first game of the doubleheader against Brockport. Luckily, there's no midweek game next week to give her arm like finally give her arm a full rest. Yeah, but. Like it, yeah. Your arm gets tired. It doesn't matter like what sport you're playing. You no, no like, there is fatigue that hits sets in throughout an entire season. If you rely on her to go complete games every single time, is the the consistency of what she has been the last kind of three to four weeks is going to go away. Yeah, yeah. Well, my thing is, I don't understand why they can't throw anybody else out there. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's something where like. We're looking at pitching right now. I mean, you got Fiona Higgins, who's pitched 86 innings pitched. Um, we'll look at, yeah, appear- so she's she's had 16 appearances over uh, this season. She's started 14. And, I mean, all the other pitchers, they don't really have high, or they don't have low ERAs. They have really high ERAs, like 21, but, like, you know, there's been ten appearances from Chelsea Sellers. She's only had two games started. I mean, the season is season's pretty much a wash at this point. I mean, yeah. I know you're trying to get as much out of Fiona Higgins as you can, but I mean, she can't pitch every single game. No, you're, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna kill her arm. Like uh, Maria Lutz, the other starter, she has those flashes. She had a game a couple weeks ago where she was dominant, um, but. As a whole, on her season, it's in thirteen start, thirteen appearances, eleven of them have come spent starts. Uh, she's got she's only got three complete games. Two of them were shutouts. She's pitched sixty one innings, but her ERA is six oh eight with a WHIP at one nine five. Yep. Uh, which essentially means 
two batters an inning are getting on base, uh, that's the average. Yeah. Uh, that's probably being helped by those couple shutouts she had. Right. Uh, I would say take those out. Um, you're probably looking closer to 2.53 yep. whip, uh, which is not that's not great. Yeah. You mentioned Chelsea Sellers. She's got two starts, but she's only got 13 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, and her ERA is an 11.78. Yeah. So when she has come in the game, it hasn't been a lot. Um, yeah. I think recruiting for this team needs to kind of get pushed towards pitchers. Find people. A- like, it can be people that are very similar to Fiona Higgins. And they don't have to – I'm not saying, like, have to be an all-star pitcher and a good hitter. Like, find the people that are good hitters and serviceable pitchers. Like, if you have three Maria Lutzes on your team yep. who, but who can also play the field so you can rotate through them and get a serviceable three to four inning start – Yep. From somebody, or two to three innings of relief from somebody who could also is going to hit maybe hit two forty to two fifty mm-hmm. and just get on base at a decent yeah. clip. Like yeah. that's really good. So I think that's. I mean, I think maybe going into this off season, getting ready for next year, maybe you start thinking about that. Getting more pitchers on the roster. Yeah. Uh, I think Fee Higgins. I know she's a senior. I don't know if she has another year of eligibility. Um, if she doesn't, this team's gonna get. This team's gonna. Get, uh, it's gonna be hurting next yep. year at the pitching spot. No doubt. Which means, I mean, if they, the thing is, if they know that, hopefully they're looking for that all star caliber pitcher. Yep. It's just, I think they need to find pitchers that are gonna give them the innings eaters that are also gonna, like, be serviceable inning eaters. Right. And my thing is like, for batting between the comparison between batting and pitching, it's like, the batting will come around at some yeah. point. The batting will come around. But if you're only throwing two, three pitchers out there, people are gonna gonna look at that film and be like, "We know how to attack Fiona Higgins. We know mm-hmm. how to attack Maria Lutz. We know how to attack Chelsea's uh, Chelsea Sellers." You gotta throw someone else in there. Yeah. You gotta throw someone else out there that they haven't Switching seen, that they don't have bit. anything, and then they could be like, "All right, well, then we feel like we have a little bit more leverage, a little bit more advantage." But I mean, only having two pitchers pretty much starting each game. I mean, like, you have two doubleheaders. It's going to be Maria Lutz, Fiona Higgins. Next doubleheader, Maria Lutz, Fiona Higgins. Yep. It's just game after game after game. And it's like, especially if there's those doubleheaders between midweeks and Saturday, or, and Saturday and Friday, I mean, it, it, it's been tough. And that's why they're kind of paying for it with being 7-19-1 and pretty much out of the way for a even close to a conference uh, conference bit. Yeah, it's there's a lot this team has to work on. Yeah, I know that there was some some stuff over that happened in their off season that that was not helpful to this season, um, which I am probably not allowed to talk about on the podcast. Um, but this is this is rough. Yeah, and it, it doesn't it doesn't help that the bats aren't really coming to play either. Yeah, um, I mean. You pitchers can only do so much, and Fiona Higgins is doing a lot, but she pitched a full game one one of one inning, uh, one run, I mean, versus New Paltz last Saturday, and the bats, just there was nothing there. All you got to do is put two runs on the board, and that's a win. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it, and you finally kind of saw it happen on the Wednesday game versus Clarkson, yesterday's game versus Clarkson. He gave up five runs, which is uncharacteristic for her. As of late, she's been that's like out of been out of the question that five runs come off of her. Yep. Um, 
or she got seven, sorry, and the team put up five. It's like that's not the game. Like, it's just too late at that point. Like you, yeah. the bats finally did something, and it was too late. Yeah, it was. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's pretty much, pretty much a wash for this uh, women's softball team. So we're gonna move over to the other side of the diamond for the men's baseball team, as you know, as I mentioned in the Laker rundown, that they were they were doing really well. I mean, they were. They were really getting on um, a winning streak, I believe. Uh, just c- pulling it up right now. Yeah, they had been on a six game. Yeah, they were on a. I think it was seven. Seven. Yeah, seven game. Yeah, win streak. seven game win streak, and then they Eight. ran into uh, St. John game. Fisher. Eight game win streak, actually. Eight game. Excuse me. Yeah, eight game winning streak, and then St. John, which was interesting that they did well. When they were at St. John Fisher, right. and then when they came home, uh, St. John Fisher kind of gave them a little bit of revenge. Um, they lost 15-7 to in the first game, and then lost 20-8 to with the second game. You know, doubleheader, and then um, then they lost 12-4 uh, to against Ithaca. I mean, Ithaca is the 23rd ranked team in the country. country. Yeah, I mean, like that's, that's, yeah. that's just... That's just an expectation at that point. Um, but that is what it is. Like it's, yeah. So really not a great, uh, great weekend, including that Tuesday game. Um, but now they go um, against Plattsburgh. They this get upcoming. back in conference, which is where they're on a they're on a six game conference win streak, which is they nice, are. which is good yep. to see. And Plattsburgh is not one of the best. Like isn't one of the teams that are up there in the conference. They're three and six, ten and fourteen this season. Um. So hopefully, take care of business. Get two two wins or yep. two to two or three wins. Hopefully, um, and kind of get back on the horse. Um, yep. but just kind of going back to these out of conference games. It's it's been the pitching staff has kind of been letting them down. Oh, no doubt. Fifteen runs in the first day of the doubleheader versus St. John Fisher. Twenty runs in the game after that. Twelve runs against Ithaca is honestly pretty good versus a ranked team. I'd say. Yeah. Um. So it's just pitching staff's been kind of rough for them. The only pitcher that's really performing, like, oh, I mean, he's performing pretty spectacularly, is yep. Kieran Finnegan. Kieran Finnegan His 2-1-1 ERA and 42 innings pitched is been is really good. Um, and then you move from him, Anthony Van Foss, and the next pitcher with the, the second pitcher in innings at 22 has got an ERA at over 10. Yeah, it's Alec Conrad, an ERA at 5-4-8. Um, as mostly a reliever, Thomas Pachia, twenty innings, nine four five ERA. Like it's the pitching staff. Spare Kieran Finnegan really hasn't been um, playing up to par. I guess no, not not at all. I mean, uh, and that's that's another thing that these uh, teams on the diamond have been struggling with. You got you got your star pitcher, you know, with Fee Higgins, and you also got Kieran Finnegan for this baseball team. But who else? Who yeah. else do we have? Who else is going to step up? Who else is going to bring in some firepower and be a number two starter? I mean, you look at you look at the yeah. you look at the pros. I mean, you need four, four, four or five, four to five com- uh, comparable s- starters. I mean, at least at least three. At least three good pitchers, and then the next two you can kind of just be like, okay, one good game, inconsistent, whatever. But 
This team only has one. Yeah. This team has one. And you look at just the schedule for us, for Oswego. I mean, against Rochester, you won 12-10 in a shootout. Against New Paltz, 16-11. And then the first game, 14-10. And the 12-0 game, wonder who pitched. Kieran Finnegan. Yep. So, I mean, you're looking at a little bit of inconsistent with the scores. That's probably why, because Kieran Finnegan is the one who's pitching when there's not a lot of runs on the plate. Yeah, it's... You know, it's, it's kind of weird, too, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at last year's stats, and I was kind of expecting to see a name that isn't on the ro- on the roster this year, and it's not. Yeah. Anthony Van Fossen was last year's second. Uh, he was second in innings last year. Yep. Um, and 5-4-8 ERA. Thomas Pachia was third in innings last year. A 3-3-5 ERA. So he's just, it's. I think it's just also kind of pitchers re- regressing, too. Jacob Sanders is another guy who's gotten a couple starts this season. Not, not really there. He had four innings pitched last year to the tune of a 4-2 ERA. Yep. Uh, so it's just kind of also been regression from this team, which is kind of weird to see in a college aspect. Obviously, like like a little bit of regression, I guess, kind of makes sense from year to year because like, it's college and there's a lot of outside factors and what else to college athletics. So right. a, little, like, a little regression or a little growth is like not Ex- out of the wind, yeah. out, out, out of the unordinary. Unordinary? Right. Out of the ordinary. Um, but, I mean, Van Fossen, ERA is like six points higher than it was last year. Pachia, like, same thing. Like, both these guys have taken, like, really big steps back. And I, I just, it's not helping anything. No. And then, and then also, um, Jacob Sanders, same thing. It's ERA is like three and a half, like three points higher than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um. Like a Jacob Sanders guy, you get you get forty innings out of a guy, mostly starts to a tune of a four two. That's that's a really good season, especially yep. for a guy who at the time was in his sophomore year. Yep. Um. And then he comes back this year, five starts. That's the only appearances he's made. Nineteen innings pitched. It's a seven five eight. Um. You kind of hope that sophomore junior jump. It it's it's a jump up, not a jump back. Right. Van Fossen comes back as for a grad season. It's nowhere for him. Yeah. Pachia, same thing. Comes back as a grad student. And that's another thing. All of their top pitchers, Finnegan, Van Fossen, Pachia, all grad students. Yep. So not only are you going to lose your top your top pitcher, you're going to lose your ace. You're going to lose the good chunk of your just innings yep. in, from your starters. It's going to be a lot Sa- of recruitment. Jacob Sanders is going to come back next year as this team's ace. Yep. You really hope down the stretch he picks it up. Yeah. Um, besides that, Players that have gotten starts, Alec Conrad has two, but he seems more like a reliever. Um, no other player has gotten majority starts from release. Mm-hmm. Sean Dertinger, two starts, uh, but eight appearances. Probably not. It's probably those are probably bullpen days. Mm-hmm. So, it's a little scary to think that first, Jacob Sanders. A guy that took a massive step back last year, probably your ace next year. Hopefully. His sophomore performance comes back, and he's that guy. Yep. Um, and then probably your two and three starters. At least one of them is going to be a freshman. Yeah. So I hope okay. there's someone, some high school senior right now who's just waiting to come to Oswego, New York, and <laughs> play at the Laker Baseball Stadium and be a Kieran Finnegan type pitcher. 
Yeah, I, exactly. You hit all the points there. And I'm just looking back on 2022. They had a 33-13 overall record, including postseason. Right now, they're 13-14. and 14. And you look, <laughs> it's just like, and they were 16-2. They dominated the SUNYAC last year. Yeah. Dominated. They're 6-3. and three. Okay, that's still, you know, you still have a lot more games, so we'll have to see what happens. But, I mean, you know, last year it was just, they really own the neutral games, and I think that yeah. that's what helped them a lot with like just being ranked and stuff, you know, or just having yeah. that ranking. I'm, I don't see that this year. I don't really see it, them being, um, like one of the ranked teams. They'll have to they'll have to really dig and really do well against you know Suniac opponents, Clarkson um, against Alfred State. They already lost against Ithaca, so that might have been their best shot to even get some recognition, but. You know, you, you, you see now you end the season against Brockport. You have a little bit of a sprinkle of Alfred State and Clarkson, but it's all Suniac from this point forward. Yep. you got to pretty much dominate these series if you want to have a chance to, you know, be a dangerous force in the conference. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing to talk about with their record from last year is it's, I mean, you got to be the pitching staff too. Yeah. Like... <clears throat> When your pitching test performing that well, you're going to be a good team. Yeah. Um, so that's probably another factor of why this this team has been a, a step back, not only losing some of their best pitchers. Because I'm going to be honest, their hitting this year really hasn't been – it's really not that bad, actually. Um, Owen Parliament has been really has been a really good addition as a tra- as a Division One transfer. Yeah. Um, and then besides him um, – oh, I hit the <laughs> – um, it's been just kind of like other players stepping up, other players playing well. Uh, Jelani Hammer, another he's a Division Two transfer. I, yeah, for yeah, let's get that. I apologize. Last week I completely zoned out when we were, Brooks was talking about Jelani Hammer, and I said he played last year. He did not. He was, he's a Division Two transfer from the College of Saint Rose. Um, so just apology for that. That's my bad. Um, moving on, Julian Drew. Is playing well. Tyshawn Featherstone, who was here last year, playing well. Jacob Levine having a career season. CJ McCarthy playing well. So the bats and oh and Brian Brzezowski, all these guys are playing well. So which is really, really good to see. They lost some of their best players, but the bats themselves really haven't gone away. They're just kind of in a different form. It's less kind of these guys at the top of the lineup who are power hitters and are gonna just dry like the top four is gonna drive themselves in. You'll have four runs in the top of the first. Mm-hmm. It's more of these guys that are kind of all of them kind of contributing in singles and doubles, right. and it's a lot of hits in an inning instead of just a couple guys at the top. So the bats themselves um, really haven't taken that much of a step back. Mm-hmm. It really has been the pitching staff. Uh, looking ahead, it's Plattsburgh this weekend trip uh, for the three-game set, doubleheader Saturday, the usual way it goes. Um, and they haven't lost to Plattsburgh since 2014, mm-hmm. uh, which it was two losses then. Both of them were extra inning games. Yep. Um, so it's currently a 21-game win streak versus the Plattsburgh Cardinals. Let's make hopefully make it 24. That's that's about what I'm going to say. Let's, let's make it 24 versus Plattsburgh in a row because I don't like the Cardinals. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who does here at Oswego? No exactly. One, no one likes the Red Cardinals. But, 
before we send this uh, send this home, uh, we got some. Uh, I think I think it's getting a little little, little toasty in a little here. Warm. A little warm here. Here in the in, chili Oswego. In the chili Oswego, it is the Laker oven for uh, episode eleven of season six of the one hundred four Sports Report. So we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um, what I saw for the lacrosse team is that they're going to win their last three home games. They have one more against Geneseo. Four and one home record, which if they do end up, I believe, hold on, hold on real quick. They are, they have a three and one home record, so I'm, I'm guessing they would just, they would have to win against Geneseo to have that. And they would go three and one in their final away games, so they've lost against Alfred, so that means that they're going to have to win against Geneseo, Cortland, and Potsdam. So that's going to be going to be really tough, but my Laker oven hot take still stands. Brian, what um, about you? <laughs> Once again, I am on the losing side of the Laker <laughs> oven as my hot takes continue to be just a little too hot. Yep. Um, maybe I need to turn down the burner a little yeah, bit maybe because a little bit. I had said one that did stood for two weeks that baseball would take at least two of three from New Paltz. They swept New Paltz, and then it was going to be two of three, which I corrected last week to three of four from the Rochester swing, and it was only two of four. Yep. Um, and then not only to add to that, they lost to Ithaca, which didn't help anything. Um, so we'll switch to a different sport here. We're going to go softball, and it's not right. going to be a team. It's not going to be a team hot take. It's going to be a player hot take. Okay. Fee Higgins right now is currently number five in the country in Ks per seven innings. All right. Her at 11. Yep. The leader is Trinity Chitrelli of SUNY Pauly at a 13.1. I think when we reconvene next week, she'll be closer to Chitrelli. She'll be in the top three. Top three. Of Ks per seven she has at least two. She has probably two starts, and I think her case for seven will jump from eleven to closer to eleven five, which would put her around the top three in the country for K's per seven innings. All right, here we go. Fee Higgins jumping from five to three. Let's go. Let's go, Brian. Hopefully your your hot take actually stands a week. Let's hope. Uh, Let's over hope. a week. Over a week. Hopefully, we're we're <laughs> open. But yeah, that is going to do it for episode eleven of season six of the one hundred four Sports Report. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, everyone. We'll we'll have some. We'll have a lot of uh, um, upcoming announcements, upcoming uh, soon collaborations. A little tease for you guys mm-hmm. coming up here on the one hundred four Sports Report. So thank you for tuning in to episode 11 and let's go Lakers and have a great night. See ya.